Hey, howdy, hey. This is Vic Vimes speaking. Today is November 13th, 2018. It is a Tuesday, and I happen to be recording today because I want to get my Good Friday episode up early because I'm going to be going on vacation this weekend, and I will not have good internet. So, uh, what is a Good Friday? Well, Good Friday was an idea I had for sort of uh, extra episodes to kind of uh, break up a litany of bad films. Uh, I unfortunately only got around to releasing one episode when I was doing this previously, um, which you can still find and I will link in the description below. It was about the 1971 film Dirty Harry, which happens to be one of my favorite films of all time. Now, that is the purpose of Good Friday, which is to talk about movies that I think are legitimately good and have something intelligent to say. Um, in some cases, they may not be that intelligent, but nevertheless, they will be something that I enjoy and that I want to share with you. Um, what differs a Good Friday episode from a uh, Mondo Bad Media episode is that uh, I will not be doing as much analysis of what makes a good movie a good movie, per se. Lots of people have gone over that before. Um, mostly, I want to get the idea that these films are out there, out there get people's eyes on them, spread the message, um, you know, and just sort of maybe enlighten people to what other types of movies might be out there. So this week we will be looking at a 2016 film and I will actually be comparing it to a 1968 film. The 2016 film Arrival, I feel, is very strongly in dialogue with the 1968 film 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's a lot of numbers to say, but Arrival is the recent one, A Space Odyssey is the more uh, uh, elderly one, we'll say. Now, um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, it cannot be stressed enough, is one of the most famous science fiction films of all time. Um, the iconic image of the gigantic black monolith rising into the sky, the uh, ape pounding a bone on the ground and throwing it up into the air where it turns into a spaceship. Um, the evil supercomputer that speaks in a soothing voice. That is all 2001 A Space Odyssey, and that was directed by Stanley Kubrick. Um, now, 2001 A Space Odyssey is interesting in that um, it is, it's not really one narrative. It's sort of three. You have the initial one, which is sort of the story of the first creatures to become something approaching human. The second story is more about the discovery of this inhuman object on the moon. And then the third story is the one that contains the evil supercomputer. Um, and actually, there is sort of a fourth one as well, but that is a little bit spoilery. Uh, everybody knows it, though. It's the part, the part with, oh my god, it's full of stars. Um, and yeah... Uh, Arrival is more recent, and unfortunately it's not as well known as I would like it to be, because I think it's a wonderful movie. Um, Arrival was directed by Denis Villeneuve. Um, I'm not familiar with his other works, uh, but his cast are particularly famous. You have uh, the wonderful Amy Adams, who shines in the Muppet movie and terrifies in The Master. You have Jeremy Renner, who I understand is one of those comic book dudes that everybody loves. And we have Forrest Whitaker, who um, I, I believe I've encountered him before, unfortunately, in, t in uh, Battlefield Earth. But uh, we won't talk about that movie. Uh, we'll talk about Arrival. Now that I've spoken a little bit about the cast, um, who you may have encountered before in many films, they're fairly prolific, those three actors. Um, 
I'm gonna talk a little bit about the plot. I'm not gonna go into too, too much detail because I really want people to go out and watch this, but uh, Arrival is what it says on the tin. It is about the arrival of 12 alien vessels to Earth. Um, initially, they appear non-hostile, um, they are simply sort of these floating, vaguely egg-shaped from certain angles and lens-shaped from other angles, ships. Uh, and they are black and made of some sort of inhuman material that our current scientists can't seem to recognize or analyze, I guess. Now, the story is told through the eyes of Amy Adams, who plays a linguist, and she is a professor at a prominent United States university, which is unnamed, by the way, because they filmed it in Montreal, uh, which is in Canada, not in the States. Either way, she's a high-powered linguist, uh, she knows her languages quite well, and she is hired to do the absolutely enviable job of becoming what's called a xenolinguist. A xenolinguist is somebody who essentially speculates on what alien languages might look like or uh, what they might appear to be. Um, now, xenolinguistics, as far as I know, is not a rigorous area of linguistics because it's so speculative. But nevertheless, it's ripe ground for a lot of thought experiments, and uh, that in particular is where Arrival shines in the linguistic department. Um, it is wonderfully done. Her um, Amy Adams's performance is not only fantastic, she speaks with the concepts she's talking about with confidence, which is really great because I would love to see more linguist characters out there who can speak with that kind of confidence and have other characters take them seriously. Um, unlike the Milo character from Atlantis uh, with the Disney film. Now, uh, when I saw the trailer for this film, I was a little, we'll say, intoxicated in a particularly green way, we'll say. And I cried because this character literally has my dream job. I would give so much money and my, like all of my limbs to be able to have her job in that film. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's the kind of thing that will probably never happen in my lifetime, but oh God, if it did, I would be f front of the line right there camping out for eight hours trying to get a hold of these aliens. Anyway. So the reason I believe that Arrival and 2001 A Space Odyssey are in dialogue with each other, as they call it, uh, there's another term for it, I believe uh, intertextuality is what it's called, where two texts are interacting on a level, they use each other's language or symbols or manner of speaking in a way to uh, generate more discussion about the ideas within those two given texts. And a text here just refers to any piece of media. So the reason I believe Arrival and 2001 are so inherently linked has to do with visual symbolism. In 2001, the iconic image of the black monolith um, towering above you uh, is said by film analyst Rob Ager to be a movie screen turned 180 degrees, so it's on its thinnest end. Um, proportionally speaking, that is, I believe it's like 14 by 9 or whatever the numbers are, uh, but those, that ratio is exactly what the monolith works out to, which is a really interesting coincidence. Kubrick was not a man to not do things deliberately, so he specifically chose those dimensions for a reason. Um, and I believe uh, very strongly in Ager's statement that it's a film screen, um, specifically because of the way that the uh, 
the monolith operates within the narrative of 2001, within the three narratives, and even the fourth one as well. Um, now, the three traits of the black monolith are that it's black, it is vertically oriented, and its corners are squared off. In Arrival, when the linguist character enters into the chamber where she can interact with the aliens, there's sort of a glass wall between them. That's uh, it's see-through, so that uh, the you know the humans can see the aliens and vice versa. But there is a barrier between them. Um, the interesting thing about this barrier is that it is white, it is horizontally oriented, and it is rounded. Um, the rounding off of shapes is a motif within Arrival that I find very interesting because that uh, the visual reference doesn't just end within the ships themselves. The outside of the ship, I mentioned before, they're vaguely egg-shaped, um, but they're also three-dimensional, so they're almost more like a contact lens in shape. So from some angles, they'll look like an egg, and others, they look more like a C or, uh, you know, like a curve. Um, now... The visual symbolism of the ships themselves from the exterior, I believe very strongly, has to be related to the act of seeing, but also the act of capturing something on film. What I believe the internal set of the ship represents is a point of reference where both the authors and the audience can interact. In my analysis of Arrival, I read the aliens, which are called heptapods, uh, meaning seven-footed, as being sort of a invisible hand of the author symbol. This is because when you see the heptapods, and there's two of them in each of the ships in Arrival, totaling to 24, um, the, uh, there's two, always two of them, and the visual design of them is very closely resembling hands. Now, the significance of that symbol of the invisible hand of the author cannot be stated enough. Um, Rob Ager, in his very thorough analyses of all of Kubrick's films, um, unfortunately, I can't read all of them because some of them are paid, and I'm not that rich a guy, but he often refers to the idea that Kubrick was talking about the hand of the author. The ways, for example, in his other film, Full Metal Jacket, that uh, propaganda influences us and manipulates us. Now, I don't think Arrival is a manipulative film. I think Arrival is a film that wants to generate discussion. It wants us to talk about everything. It wants us to talk about what it means to be human. It wants us to talk about what good communication looks like. It wants us to talk about the inherent fallibility of language and the dangers that arise from miscommunication. Um, it also talks about creation as being an inherently transgressive act, as a violation of the nothing that inherently exists around us. Um, it is a violation of a existence, of a point where there is nothing. Um, to bring something into the world is a divisive, a political, a dynamic, a radical, and transgressive act in this film that generates not just controversy, but also love and inspiration and more creation from just beyond the initial catalyst. Um, I love this movie. I think it is absolutely spectacular, um, not just in terms of thematic data or visuals, but just how understated it is. It's a very quiet film. Um, there's no, there's not a lot of screaming. There's not a lot of shouting. Um, there's raised voices. There's loud noises, but there's not a lot of booming in your ears that makes you want to die. Um, it's a gentle film. It's a loving film, and it's full of care. 
Um, and part of the reason I feel like it's such a caring film is because you can see the amount of effort they put into not just the set design, character motivations, the writing, just every aspect of this film is so crafted and perfect that I wish I'd come up with it myself. Um, that's a statement I'm probably going to say a lot in my Good Friday reviews because as a content creator myself, there's often a certain amount of envy I feel in seeing what others have created and wishing I had had that kind of brilliance myself. So good job, Denis Villeneuve, and also good job, Ted Chiang, who wrote the original novel, The Story of Your Life, upon which Arrival is based on. Um, I will probably get my hands on The Story of Your Life at some point. I would love to read it because what a powerful movie. What a strong film. And what a culturally significant movie. And that's where I'm going to wrap it up today. Um, thank you so much for listening. I will be posting Good Friday episodes every other Friday, um, starting officially on November the 30th. That will be the first Friday I will be able to post on a Friday. So thank you very much for listening once more. You can follow Mondo Bad Media on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, and SoundCloud. And I hope you have an absolutely wonderful weekend. And have a wonderful evening.